serving up the strategies you need to build, market, and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Youpreneur Podcast, and here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Hello there, my fellow Youpreneur, and welcome to the show Great episode. Oh my gosh, this episode is so good. Episode number 429, Erin King makes her Youpreneur FM debut and with a serious rumble. I mean, this is a great, great episode. Before I get into that with Erin, however, just a quick one for you. We recently put together a Business of You marketing checklist, which we are now giving away for free. Uh, It's got 25 tips from 25 of the world's amazing personal brand entrepreneurs when it comes to actually marketing yourself as a leader in your industry. And like I said, you can get it for free. All you need to do is just send me a direct message on Instagram. You can follow me at Chris Ducker on Instagram, go ahead and shoot me a DM with the words marketing checklist, and I'll go ahead and get the link for you to download it straight back to you. Easy peasy, right? So that's Instagram at Chris Ducker, the business of you marketing checklist. It is yours, ready and waiting for the taking. I look forward to hearing from you. So onto this conversation with Erin. Um, new book just come out and uh, I, w- I won't sort of spoil the title or anything like that here in the intro, but I'll, I'll kind of, uh, you'll, you'll hear me bring that up in a second. Erin um, and I have actually got so many mutual friends in, um, in common. It's pretty amazing that she hasn't been on the show before. Uh, we kind of had a little bit of a giggle about that. And then we get deep and we, we go into everything from diversity in the speaker world, right the way through to book marketing and publishing and just sort of overall entrepreneurial brilliance she's just serving up for you. Erin um, became very quickly one of my new favorite humans, and I'm pretty sure that she's going to be the same for you as well. So here she is, live and unleashed, as they say, Erin King. This is the Youpreneur FM podcast with Chris Ducker. So Erin, welcome to the show. Chris, I am so happy to be here and I've already had so much fun with you the last 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we, we could have recorded like a part one and a part two, although I will say for you guys tuning in, part one probably wouldn't have made a lot of sense. It didn't even make much sense to us, truth be told, and we were in the middle of the conversation. Um, it is so good to finally have you on the show and to talk to you properly. We've been admirers of each other from afar for very long. We've got lots and lots and lots of mutual friends, and yet we've never really truly sat down and had a proper conversation with each other. So we're doing that and we're talking all about kind of like, you know, being a big deal. Oh, that's a nice little segue into the title of your brand new book. You, you know, you're kind of a big deal. This is a great yeah. book title. Um, let's start there, actually. Where did this idea come from for the book title? The book title came from um, the fact that when my girlfriends and I have wins, you know, let's say you, you've, you've done the book, you've done the keynote, maybe you had the fabulous party, whatever. We always would be like, you know what? You're kind of a big deal now, huh? And we'd always kind of like laugh and it was just kind of a fun like little joke. And then when I started writing the book, I was like, 
you know, what's a title that can make someone smile and feel good about picking it up? And I'm like, why don't we just say that they're kind of a big deal? Because who doesn't want to be a big deal? There you go. Absolutely. Right? We all do. We all do. So, yeah. I, so let me ask you this and like, and you know, we've got a pink cover. All right. Um, yes. uh, chapter three, ghost your inner good girl. I kind of get the feeling that your um, kind of avatar for this might be a ladies. Is that right? It is. It is. I was going to say, that's okay, boys. You can read it too. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't forget Every, that. Everyone can read it. Everyone yes. can read it. Um, I will say though, I am targeting women. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, I was speaking on digital persuasion was my topic for four or five years, digital communication, social media. And after I did the keynotes, I get all these DMs from women and they asked some questions about the keynote, but then they'd ask more questions about things like raising capital and starting companies and public speaking. And just, they'd be like, how do you do all these other things that you're not talking about? And so I took all their DMs and the, the top 10 questions that I got asked the most became the chapters for the book. And so when I was answering their questions, I was literally answering specific women from Instagram. So that's why it's pink and targeted to answer their questions. Okay, this is great because I'm just, I'm a really big believer um, that, you know, you really should, you know, this word gets thrown around so much nowadays, but you really should be authentically you at all times, right? Like mm -hmm. there's only one you, no matter what niche or industry you're in, you're 100% original. You got to lean into that as much as you possibly can so that you can be different and stand out. Um, the amazing, you know, Sally Hogshead being different is better than being better. I, yeah. that's kind of like one of my all time favorite quotes from Sally and she got a lot of quotes, that woman. All right. And so like, <laughs> I'm just brilliant. a big believer. You've got to lean into all that. And the fact yeah. that you've sort of taken it from the audience that follow you and obviously follow you for a certain reason to be led, to be inspired and motivated and et cetera. I mm -hmm. absolutely love that above and beyond everything else. So. Here's a question for you then. Like, when you were putting the book together, did you literally, you say that these comments and these ideas for chapters came from people following you on Instagram. Did you literally sit down and write these things with these individual women in mind? And almost like you were kind of just having like a girl date or a coffee date or something like that. Like, break down the, the process a little bit, chapter to chapter. Oh yeah. So, um, I'm a big audio DM person. I love a good audio message. I don't know if yes. you're a big audio, but cause we're always, we're going, we're on the, we're moving, we're shaking, we're, we're multitasking. And so I would just leave these little voice memos, like, tell me more, like, why are you feeling stuck? What do you feel like is actually holding you back? What is the chasm between knowing and doing? So I just, just fired questions at all these poor women who were like, Look, I was just trying to follow you for a couple glittery Pinterest coffee cup quotes. I don't know why she's coming at me so hot with all these life changing. Anyway, they were really, really kind, and they they answered back. and And so I really I wrote the book specifically for these women in my Instagram. and And one of the biggest questions um, that I got was kind of around what you alluded to earlier, which is how do we show up authentically online in a way that's not TMI in a way that's not overly vulnerable, um, but in a way that feels true and feels different, like you said. And that's a big part of the book is, is discovering what makes you a big deal and how do you double down on that? Because that is 
that's our superpower. I mean, I, I tell a story in the book, the opening chapter. I mean, the second word in the whole book is tampon, just to warn you, just how girly this book will awesome. get. <laughs> this is so good. It's like it's like what you and Lewis Howes talk about, I'm sure, all the time. But um, but so the opening <laughs> chapter, the opening chapter is talking about the fact that, you know, I was I was pitching a group of Newport Beach investors back in 2013, and I was gonna be the next dollar shave club for women's monthly healthcare needs. And I called it PMS.com. And so I'm pitching this group, picture a long, shiny table, Pacific Ocean glinting in the back, and a bunch of very tan alpha dudes that drive Ferraris and go to CrossFit and they like Kanye West. Okay. Like this is who my audience is. And I'm holding up this tampon (laughs) talking about how we're going to be the next unicorn, whatever. So at one point, one of the guys just was like so grossed out. I thought he was going to barf all over the table and he took a tampon and pelted it at this other guy. Well, they start breaking out into this grown man, hot potato game. And I'm sitting here with my pitch deck asking for seven figures of capital that I've worked so hard on. And I start sweating through my spanks. I'm like, this never happens on Shark Tank. What is going on? Right. right. And, and it was one of the, I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but it was one of those moments where you're really at a crossroads. Like, is this a nightmare that you're going to not wake up from? And you're going to run out of the room and, and just give up and be like, never mind, this is ridiculous. Or are you going to figure out a way to remember that you are a big damn deal? You've worked really hard to be here and you deserve to take up space just as much as all these tan alpha dudes. So what are you going to do? And it was a really pivotal moment. And so I just looked at this guy that was throwing the tampon across the table at these venture capitalists and investors. And I'm like, this guy knows he's a big deal. He doesn't give a shit if, oh, sorry. He doesn't give a crap if, (laughs) if this is, you know, if this is appropriate or not for an investor boardroom meeting. And so I just, I took it out of his hand and I started using it as my pointer and my microphone and all the guys stopped joking around and they leaned forward And by the end of the conversation, they were like, did you bring a term sheet? And they invested in the company and they backed it. And, and look, it didn't, it wasn't the unicorn. It turns out that most women are just responsible adults that get them at the grocery store. It's not that big of a deal, (laughs) but you know, we had, we had probably five companies crop up imitating us and everyone tried to figure out how to make this happen. And no one really figured it out. So two years later, it was an epic failure, but in that failure of PMS.com, the company, I found my superpower, which was that I created the internet's largest social media community around these conversations, women coming together. And and I parlayed that into my my next company, which was Socialite Agency, doing social media for like the Oscars and the United States Navy and all these big organizations. And I tell all these stories in the book because I want people to know that when you hear a speaker on stage and when you see someone being interviewed and you're like, wow, they have some superpower or some big deal energy that I don't. It's like false. You have the exact same option at a crossroads to unlock that big deal energy, show up and do the damn thing. And that's what the book's about. So why do you think people ignore that crossroads or go in the other direction than they probably should do to become that. Yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of times we talk a lot about, okay, how do we get started? Like what's the action? I, I think that we all think people are just afraid. And I don't think that's necessarily what holds us back. I, I don't think it's getting started or being afraid or not knowing. I think that a lot of us get started with ventures and books and ideas and concepts. And I think what gets us stuck, like what holds us really back is people's reactions to us. When everyone around us doesn't nod their head and say, go girl, and instead they say, what the hell are you doing? Or this is a stupid idea. Or they push back, they reject, they judge. I think everyone's reactions 
is what we're not properly proactively set up to prepare for. We act like people's pushback is a red light or an indicator that we should slow down or stop or rethink when in this book, what I talk about is kind of reframing that rejection or that pushback as actually an indicator that you're probably doing something pretty cool because people's big reactions, they're reacting to your big moves. If everyone's like, yeah, this is great. It probably isn't that interesting. It probably isn't making them think twice or look at themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, you know, well, is the narrative that I'm telling myself actually true? Because if she can do it, maybe I can do it. If, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. And I think, I think that it's, it's better preparing ourselves that people are going to judge you. They are going to hate you. They are going to troll you in your DMS. They are going to take it a stupid idea. And I think that, um, if you're better prepared for that as a definitely going to happen, then you'll be able to maintain your momentum. And it's not about like, this is the worst advice ever, by the way, like people being like, you know, who cares what someone thinks about you? Just don't care what anyone thinks about you. That is the worst advice I've ever heard in my life because the only people who don't care what someone thinks about them are like narcissists and psychopaths (laughs) and bad humans, right? It's not about that. You have to have your truth tellers that, that keep you in check and that keep you in line. Absolutely. You have to have your own board of directors that's like, hey, by the way, women are not going to you know, order tampons delivered to their house. Okay? You, you right. need to have truth tellers. But what it is about is being audacious. It's being about when, when you're in a situation where the stakes are highest and you're at that crossroads and you're at that boardroom or that moment and it really matters, it's about digging deep and caring more about what you think about your choices, what you think about your decisions. And I think that that is the differentiator between those of us that level up and those of us that stay stagnant. So good. Wow. Valuable alert. Okay. I love this. So, I mean, I'm going to say something here. I'm curious to know what your reaction is to this. Um, I've got a rough idea what it might be, but I'm curious. I feel like, look, we're all in competitive niches industries nowadays like it doesn't matter what we do who we serve what we build what we sell we're all in a competitive environment right as business owners and i think particularly when it comes to the concept of the youpreneur and somebody building a business around their expertise and their experience even more so quite frankly like i don't know if it's just me but there's like a hundred new business coaches that pop up on instagram every week literally right so Here's a question. It feels to me, is this a question or a statement? We'll find out in a minute. It feels to me <laughs> that, that ladies tend to be a lot more competitive uh, in the business space um, than what I can see from gentlemen. And it's just one man's opinion, don't get me wrong. Um, do you feel, and that my thought on this is that because there's not as many um, ladies that are seen to be crushing it, even though there are a ton of amazing female entrepreneurs out there, and I get the chance to coach a whole bunch of them myself, do you think it's maybe because of the fact that visually there's not as many high-end kind of like, you know, female speakers and that sort of type of thing out there that it becomes a little bit more competitive for the ladies? Or am I just talking complete and utter gobbledygook here? <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm curious to know as somebody yeah. leading yourself, how you feel yeah. about what, what I see looking from the outside looking in. I'm curious. Yeah. 
Well, I think what you're describing is something that we are all falling prey to. And it's, it's, a, it's an issue at a bigger global human scale. Mm-hmm. And the issue is this. We forget that our news feed that you're consuming every day on your phone is not the world. Like, because my news feed is all powerhouse women right. that are lifting <laughs> each other up <laughs> and crushing it and our CEOs and billionaires and millionaires and they're all team abundance and they're girl power. It's all I see because that's my newsfeed. Your newsfeed is probably following just because that's normal. You probably have, you know, you have your Neen James, you got your gals here and there that are your good friends, but you have your Lewis Howes, you have your dudes because that's right. who you identify with. Right. And so I think we forget that who we're following in our newsfeed as we're checking our apps and checking who we're following, we forget that that's not the world. There are other opinions and other things happening. That's just your world. This is such a good point. And I love that you bring up the fact that we, you know, we're so consumed by what we see on our small devices now that we think that that is like, quote unquote, reality out there. Right. right? But I mean, like I'm, I'm also like, okay, so I, I hold (laughs) events, right. I run events myself yeah. And I have become more and more aware because of event or rather attendee feedback, speaker feedback, et cetera, et cetera. Over the last sort of five years or so, I've become more and more and more aware of people saying we need more women on stage or we need more people of color on stage or we yeah. need more different sexual orientation dudes on stage and all this kind of sure. stuff. Now for me, and I've, I've stood up on stage at my own events and said very very vocally, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what sex you are. I don't care who you love. If you're about to drop value bombs, I want you on my stage, right? Like I don't care about any of that stuff. But unfortunately, there are other people out there. And I heard from a very good friend of mine just last week who was saying that he lost a gig because he was told by the event organizer, and I quote, we need a black face, on stage. He lost a perfectly good speaking gig and he's more, he's more than capable of delivering a high level keynote because he was white, which is just mind blowing. That's interesting. That is so interesting. I was just on a conference call with a client and obviously I won't say who it was. And they were like, we're just so excited that we have more diversity on the stage next year. And And I go, I go, oh my gosh, that's great. Who'd you guys get? And there's a silence. There's like 10 executives in this call. Silence. And I'm like, what did I say? And they're all like, well, you. Like, you're the – and I'm like, me? I'm like, I'm a privileged white chick. How am I the diversity? And like, right. whoa, that is terrifying. Like, that is diversity? Right. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a crazy. thing. And I mean, like, you know, getting back to the book, you're kind of a big deal. There are people across the board in so many different industries in so many different niches that are serving hundreds of thousands of people, right? That you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Like you say, because of that curated news feed or because yeah. you're going to a slightly different event that they're speaking at, or maybe because they're not getting the speaking gig that they yeah. should be getting. That's how messed up it is. What can we do though? Um, getting back also to the target market of the group, what can ladies do specifically to be seen um, as those leaders that they already are to the outside world. I mean, like, it's mad that we're having this conversation in 2021. 2021. But, yeah, but it's so that. important to have this conversation in 2021, right? So what can ladies do to get booked more, 
to have more opportunities because y'all do deserve it. Well, one thing that has helped me, thank you, by the way, for saying all that. And I love that you're aware of it. And I love that you're being a champion for women on the stage. And I, I think it starts with guys like you that have influence, that have events, that have the, the power to say yes to women, boots on stage. So um, thank you for saying that. And I think that what's worked for me has been a couple of things. I mean, number one, I've always, always had, um, you know, my advocates for me have always been high powered dudes. I mean, I have five guys in my life that, you know, make more money than God that I look up to that are very successful that have been a champion for me throughout the years that I, you know, we, we play golf and we go drink a beer and, and they, they're a mentor for me. And so I think women have to get better at not just finding female, female mentors, but also male mentors, obviously, this is the whole problem, right? Is if you see a 50-year-old dude at a bar talking to a 25-year-old gal at the bar, no one assumes he's mentoring her. Whether if it was a 25-year-old guy and a 50-year-old guy, it's like, oh, look at him. He's really looking out for you know the young bucks. And so inherently the optics around that is a big part of the problem. Um, but another thing that I've done is I've found a successful, I found successful male counterparts that have similar topics to what I talk about. I talk about persuasion, I talk about influence, I talk about entrepreneurship and sales. And so I have a roster of, you know, there's Phil Jones and, you know, Vin Gang and, and, and Ty Bennett and Clint Pulver. And I can go on and on of, you know, Mike and Nino and, and Brian Fanzo and Jay Bear and all of my guy friends um, that talk about similar topics to me. I refer them gigs and they refer me back. And it's not there like a go. dude yeah. female thing. It's just a good human networking friendship karma thing that I think male or female, we all have to get better at doing. I love it. And I love the fact that you've mentioned all these people and I know like half of them personally. That's so good. Um, <laughs> it's funny. You know, the, I often say, particularly in the, the online kind of leadership type of industry that we're in, the good guys really do stick with the good guys. Yeah. Right? Like I think, yeah. I think we can weed out the bad guys pretty quickly because of who we're connected with and who we're friends with. Um, there is a chapter in this new book called uh, Become a Bad Listener, which <laughs> it goes against like everything that you taught in terms of like the sales world. Oh, you got to be a good listener. Like I remember my sales mentor was like, listen to your prospect. They will tell you how to close them. You know, that kind of thing. Like <laughs> yeah. become a bad listener. Break that down for a minute. It's yeah. curious. Well, it's interesting that you called out that chapter because that is one of the chapters where I talk a lot about the difference between men and women in the boardroom and in corporate America. Okay. And, and I talk about listening being potentially lethal. Now, we know that the world's greatest salespeople, I've taught sales training my entire career, the world's greatest salespeople ask great questions and they listen for those triggers, those buying indicators. Yes. Research is the new listening. I talk about that in my old book, Digital Persuasion. I get it. Absolutely. And as women, when you are typically one of three or four women at a table full of alpha males, which is my reality all the time, I have found... <laughs> 
that <laughs> I have found that sometimes listening can be lethal because if we if we want to be heard and be seen and get a word in, sometimes when guys try to interrupt you, you just have to keep talking. <laughs> That's what I do because men interrupt women all the time. This is a huge generalization. I'm sure you don't, but they don't mean to. They just, it's cultural. It's, it's societal. It's, you know, men should be heard kind of thing. And, and so what I do is I just keep talking until they back down and then they look like the rude one. And so it's just like a little tactic that's worked for me to be heard and not have to speed up my speech, which I've had to do, not to be scared of taking a pause or a breath for fear of getting cut off, which oftentimes as women we are. And so it's just a little tactic that I teach women. The other thing is that it's about choosing who gets a voice in your world. So it's listening less to those that you shouldn't be giving votes to. It's, it's, it's listening less to those that you haven't vetted, that you don't admire, that you don't respect. And this is classic for women and men. When you're talking about being on stage earlier, we had a conversation before we hit record about the woman that was giving you a terrible look in the front row of your audience. We all, as professional speakers, we find the one hater in the audience who's oh. looking at their phone or they've crossed their yes. arms or they're shaking their head. And it's like, why are we focusing on the one person that is not engaged when you have six hype girls in the front row that are nodding their head and writing notes to their hands fall off. We have to focus on listening to those individuals online, offline, and all the time. And that is what this chapter is really about, identifying who you should be listening to and making sure you're intentional about those inputs because the inputs that you are receiving is dictating the outputs that you are sharing with the world. Oh, so good. Okay. You know that when you said before we got going, you were like, I wish I would be more of a scriptable kind of type of interviewing. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, I'm like, that was pretty good. Were you reading from the book just there? I don't know. It was pretty good. Um, okay. Final couple of questions here. So I guess like, what do you want? Um, what, where do you want this book to hit home the most for the ladies that pick it up? And again, for the guys as well. There's lots of good stuff in here, I'm sure. And, and yeah. in all, you know, like transparency here, I have not read the book yet. And um, I can't wait to dive into it, actually, because I know Jeffrey, our mutual friend, Jeffrey Shaw, read it cover to cover. Um, he's not a girl, okay? I just want to point that out. Um, <laughs> and, and I really feel like as an author... I feel like there's always like one big thing that you want people to do when they're done reading your book, right? Yeah. One move they want to make or one shift you want to change in their mindset. What is it for you with this particular book? For me, my KPI of success as an author for this book would be that when you read the book, the idea is that you are not doing more of the things and learning more and more and more. It's about unlocking something that you already have within you, which is what I call your big deal energy. So big deal energy is this superpower that you have. But in order to access it, you have to be able to authorize yourself to listen to your intuition. Intuition is individual. It's not collective. It's not your friends don't know. The internet doesn't know. Google doesn't know. Instagram doesn't know. Nobody knows. You know. And so the KPI for me would be that the next time someone is finding themselves trying to quit the thing or start the thing or, or you know, invest in the thing, that they ignore everyone else and that they listen to that internal GPS because they know that they do know what is right for them. They do know what is best for them, and they dive in and do what they're scared to do because they are a big deal. 
and they trust themselves. That's what I want people to do. I want people to take that leap because their gut knows they should. And it takes guts to go with your gut. That is for sure. And so that's what this book's about. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with that. I, I've often said like my gut has very rarely let me down as a business owner. I mean, we've built multiple businesses. We've hired thousands of employees in our 18 years of building companies. And yeah. I've had to go with my gut on a number of very big decisions and very, very small ones as well. But ultimately, I don't feel like it's ever truly let me down at yeah. all. Not even once. Yeah. The See, power, right? Of, of it is. just like getting that and just like saying, no, no, I can feel it. I just yeah. feel it. And see, men, this is a generalization, huge generalization, but I think men are better at doing what you just described. And I think as women, we oftentimes will second guess ourselves because, because there is a sense of, this is kind of the ghosting your inner good girl part. There's also a yep. chapter called Facing Your Fake News Fears. As women, we, I think we tend to take on more of a responsibility of making sure everyone feels comfortable, that everyone feels okay, that everyone feels good and seen. And, and there's this kind of people pleasing yeah. nature that I think society kind of applauds a little bit for women mm -hmm. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the classic conundrum that women CEOs that we have, which is typically we're either liked, but not respected or respected, but not liked. <laughs> And why can't you have both, right? You like, don't why have can't that you? for whatever reason, yeah. right? So, so I think we're getting better. We're untangling the necklace of why, you know, equality is a very complicated necklace to untangle. And I think we're making good progress. And it's my hope that this book can be one more brick in the, in the stepping stones towards, towards more women having a voice at the table and, and knowing that they are a big deal and doing what you just described, which is trusting their gut, even if everyone around them tells them they're crazy. I mean, instead of thinking that you are crazy, you know, I've reprogrammed that to be like, ooh, that means I'm onto something, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. that's what the book's about. Totally. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, when I get my copy, I'm going to so make sure that my eldest reads it. She's 23. She uh, actually works with the company as well. So I get to spend lots of time with my daughter every day. And I've got yeah. a little one, three and a half year old. She probably oh. wouldn't string the chapters together uh, <laughs> quite yet. But nonetheless, you know, as, as, a, as a girl dad, uh, yeah. you know, I'm all about this kind of uh, focal point of, of empowering, you know, ladies to get up and do their thing their own way and yeah. not really worry about, you know, upsetting a few folks along the way. You know, yeah. one thing I know for sure is, if you're going to take any kind of road towards success, you're going to upset certain people along the way, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes. And, you know, accept that, yeah, but also kind of like not let it overwhelm you, I think is a big thing as well. Yeah, I think that's really strong. And your daughters are lucky they have you because having a strong, like my dad's my best friend. I mean, he is my absolute bestie. And mm -hmm. having a, a college football quarterback dad talking to you in sports analogies your whole life. I mean, yes. I played college lacrosse. I went to an all-girls high school. We were the team captains. We were the class presidents. But these things matter to shaping who we become as women. And so having intentionality, whether you're a dad or not, being a champion for women is so, it's so important. It's, it's what we, you know, we believe in ourselves because we see that you guys are believing in us too. And it, and it really helps a lot. And I think a big piece of, of what we need to teach our daughters and, and remind ourselves as women is that failure is going to happen and we have to stop being so scared of it. I think that men are, are a lot better at separating 
their failures from themselves. Like they don't equate their failures as them. It's like, well, the venture didn't work or it was the wrong timing or the, comp- the competitive marketplace didn't, you know, we didn't have the right rollout strategy. They're not like, it was me, right? They're mm-hmm. like, it was the thing. And that's, I call it a dudeitude in the book. And I love a good dudeitude because dudes are like, yeah, we, we, you know, we effed up, big deal, moving on. And I don't know if it's because they have, you know, the rejection reps from just hitting on girls at bars and getting shot down <laughs> so much more. I don't know how they have it's, so much. It's been built up over, over years of practice. I don't know what right? it is, right? But it's brilliant. And we need more yeah. of it as women putting in those rejection reps, right? Because the right. wounds of failure are what heal into our success scars. You know, every gritty gal that I know, every badass woman CEO that I know, the only thing that she has that another woman or man has on anyone else is that they have put in the rejection reps. They have gotten shot down. They have effed up. They have lost the money. They have reinvented and they get back up. And that is the difference between those that get stuck and those that level up. God, so good. Now I got that song. Level up. Mm, level up. Level up. Mm, level, level up. Level up. up. Level up. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's my walk-on song. <laughs> I, well, I am not surprised in any way, shape, or form to know this. Um, and now you can all thank both myself and Erin for having that song in your head for the rest of today. Um, guys, you want to go check out this lady. Check out the book. Check out everything we've got going. Links over on the show notes. Youpreneur.com forward slash four two. Nine. Hey, Aaron King, you know what? You're kind of a big deal and I love you. <laughs> so are you, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. For you guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next week, another episode of the show. Until then, God bless. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it sincerely. You know, if you are interested in potentially working with me to be able to build your business in a smart, savvy manner that really does truly set you up for future-proofing yourself and obviously building a profitable business, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a direct message on Instagram at Chris Ducker with the word podcast and I'll know exactly where you've come from. And that for me is more important than anything else because if I don't know where you're coming from, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help you get to where you want to be. Thanks very much again for tuning in. I appreciate you. We'll see you again soon.